Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. Today, I'm really happy to be talking with Kip Simon, owner of 22 Fresh, entrepreneur, and all-around nice guy. Hi, Kip. Hi. Hi, Dave. I was, uh, I was trying to think of when I first heard of 22 Fresh, and I think it was um, uh, Steve had a designer that he was trying to get into Regina, and uh, he said, oh, you guys should hire this guy, because he's done some work for us. Mm-hmm. That was Jared. Yeah. And uh, I remember looking at his work. We were and- a bushwhacker. Yeah, yeah, we were. <laughs> and I remember looking at his stuff and going, "Wow!" And then I think that was really the first time I'd uh, I'd seen Twenty Two Fresh, and I was I was amazed. First, I thought, "Oh, that's ridiculous! How could this be coming from from Regina?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so, tell me basically how how that idea or business started. And sure, uh, I I played college baseball in the states. And I, uh, I went into I went into marketing, uh, you know. In high school, I seemed to have a, a passion for uh, business and also fashion and and sports. Um, and actually, um, to take this story back to early high school, I with my my current wife actually and a few other friends, we started a clothing company called Weasel. Oh, really? Yeah. There's still a few items floating around there uh and uh so it's called weasel and we had a we set up a little bank account we sold uh, essentially uh hoodies and t-shirts out of the trunks of our cars in parking that's just lots. in high school yeah was this junior achievement or is just something you decided no i to? we just were sitting around my eating cereal at my parents house and threw some names around and said well let's make some stuff and we actually um uh, my friend's dad owned J&J Sporting Goods, so we went to him as a mentor and asked where we could get some stuff made. It was an old lady that had embroidery machines in her garage. We did a run of you know a couple hundred of these things and sold them uh, to my sports teams, the kids in the parking lot. So, so was the was the the um, motivation for that that you wanted some better stuff or that you just wanted money? So not in high just. yeah in, in high school it was. Uh, you know, I think it was just um, we, myself and the friends, we kind of saw an opening for just to, in the market for something different. And we had a lot of different uh, unique groups uh, that we hung out with, and, and we were just going to use that to kind of test this. So, uh, you know, to answer your question about 22 Fresh, when I uh, went to university, I took marketing and business. And I never really, you know, I, my wife still bugs me. She's just still amazed that I actually got a job because <laughs> I was just sports, 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 <laughs> friends, friends, friends. But, uh, you know, I, I was, the more marketing classes I took and the more uh, sports I played, the more equipment I got. And really at that point, I, was, uh, I eventually played Division One baseball, and we were pretty spoiled there. We could get whatever bats, gloves, anything we wanted on uh, top of the line. Well, I think our sponsorship was like Adidas or Louisville at the time, but everything was, we were spoiled with everything except for when it came uh, to issue the team uniforms, the baseball pants, um, they would just haul in a huge cart. And if you were either a senior or a bigger, stronger freshman, you had to fight for a pair of pants that didn't make you look um, really just ridiculous. They weren't right. flattering. They were like, 
too short. They were frumpy in the butt. Um, so I always thought, you know, there's got to be like a, a way to, to get kids at this level into something that makes them look good, feel good, and play good. So the idea was, was birthed in, uh, when I was playing college. Uh, and then uh, I came back and met uh, Steve and Randy and Lonnie, who are now my business partners, and just, you know, really just walked into Steve's office one day and said, you know, I, I recall an opportunity, you know, now that I've known you for seven months, it seems like you guys like baseball and sports and business a lot. Like, why don't we give this a shot? Got a, found a uh, lady that makes wedding dresses in Pilot Butte to make us 20 pairs. We sold them, no problem. Uh, and then from there, it really uh, just evolved into um, a lifestyle apparel company. We're finding more and more people that play those traditional sports want to wear something that uh, shows shows what they're all about yeah. um yeah know. the lifestyle part of it is a big part but then how did you like how did you grow from 20 pants to like how do you you just walking into ba- probably your own teams and guys you know yeah. and saying hey i got these yeah i think that it's a it's a combination of both um you know we focused a lot on the product we spent a lot of time um we had our very own um uh, research market in a sense that i was on all these sports teams and you know facebook was just starting up at the time so i had all these groups of baseball players on my team on other teams so i was able to take a lot of actual market research i mean i was the test pilot for years uh so we had that and then you know like the you know the tipping point and the research on on where things went is is i think a question that everyone's still looking for but for us uh, a lot of it was having a product that we believed that people wanted and then really um, added fuel to that fire in terms of networking. Yeah. Uh, and then a lot of word of mouth and just a lot of... Uh, the early on stages were just a lot of hustle. I mean, just building one relationship at a time and convincing someone that they should try uh, you know, our product versus uh, Nike or Under Armour. Mm-hmm. Um, Under Armour wasn't even around at the time, but just that... Uh, relationship building was a huge part in our early success, and, and on the lifestyle stuff, you certainly knew the the audience well. Like your that that's y- yeah. your your life basically. Yeah, and now I'm getting older, and it's getting more challenging <laughs> to uh, you know to I'm I'm not exactly the um, in the age demo that our most of our sales are now. So there's you know I'm I'm leaning on more people from our team to. Uh, um, for 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 feedback and inspiration, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, it feels like to me, it feels like Twenty Two Fresh has grown uh, a lot, in the, especially in the last few years. Um, has it? Is that? Is it? Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've had uh, we've had pretty steady growth um, in the last few years, and you know, uh, I'm I'm involved in a couple other companies as well, so. Uh, what myself and my business partners are doing now is um, really investing in people, uh, and want, we want to make sure that uh, you know growth is sexy and fun, but at the same time we don't want to we don't want to get in a situation where we can't fill orders or fill orders properly, okay. and you know we still go back to making sure that um, our product is um, first and foremost. So yeah, in the last few years, especially on a local level. You know, we've really uh, uh, embraced 
local Mm -hmm. at the start of it you know half our business was over half our business was in the u.s uh times change the dollar changes the economy changes uh you know our um we launched our store i think it's been uh, it'll be two years in february where we had an actual physical flagship store so on a local level that's really helped where people want to come in and get an actual shopping experience right from the from the heart of it so and that was going to be my next question was is it uh, how does how what has worked best for you it sounds like it's the product and focusing on the product or is it the marketing or the distribution what would you say would be where things are your biggest focus i think that i think i think about this a lot i mean i just uh i'm reading a lot of books that try to define like tipping point and uh, those types of moments that, um, in the history of a business where you can really kind of pinpoint where, where, why it went, where it did. Yeah. So, but a lot of it goes back to, uh, relationship building and using the, 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 the marketing tools at the time that were economical, uh, and, and, and very targeted. So, you know, with, uh, being a partner at Captive in a non-traditional media company, really, you know, kind of practicing what we preach over there and saying, "Hey, let's let's put all let, who want who do we want wearing this stuff uh, and being part of that lifestyle, and then how are we going to get in front of them and show them that uh, we have a product that can make them look good, feel good, and play good." So, uh, you know, the timeline of things. I mean, I spend hours and hours uh, on Facebook building relationships. And then Twitter came along, and then we spent hours and hours there, and then Instagram. And then um, just using these tools that where there are pockets of these people that we can uh, go and talk to. And then, uh, you know, on a local level, uh, really just there's a couple years ago where we just kind of said, you know, there's um, we got all this energy in trying to grow geographically, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of people here that are living this lifestyle too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of refocused on being a part of uh, the the community even more. So uh, collaborations, uh, you know, sponsoring uh, sponsoring events locally, but sponsoring them differently and giving them maybe more product, not so much money, but product okay. and ways to improve their their events. So it's it's been a mashup of all of it, and really. Uh, the agility, like just being being able to be agile and and quickly find out what's working, what's not, but at the same time not being afraid to, you know, we were we were a small company, uh, we were a really small company back then, and we didn't have time to, uh, you know, go through the bureaucracy to find out if we should post this certain ad. Right. It was just <laughs> boom, like, hey, let's yeah. do this, let's do this promotion. And but see you know right away whether it worked or not. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. the you'd uh, you'd sell it. Yeah. Or yeah. Or it wouldn't. Yeah. And now, um, of all the ways that you can market uh, all the different channels that are available to you, you mean you know the social ones and uh, and captive and what what is your favorite or what's working for you? I think uh, like imagery, like powerful imagery, um, is 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 a big part of where I, you know. It's the the ability now with like the tools you have. I mean, the, like the thinking back to when we first started um, using like a digital elf cannon and plugging SD cards in, and uh, you know, trying to trying to compete with the the biggest guys in the world was a little tougher. Yeah, for um, sure. But now I just um, I think that 
just creating good content, uh, good and relevant content is so much easier. And it's something that we want to do a lot more of. Um, but just powerful imagery of, of people living the fresh life that we want to capture and have, uh, have people say, hey, geez, I want to be, be a part of that. And then being an open book, too, about what our, what our company is all about in terms of what you can expect from customer service and, and who's, who's really behind yeah. uh, that website. The, the, the imagery, and I mean that in, a, in, the, in the biggest sense, is so important for you. It seems like that, it, I guess it, it's because it is a bit of a fashion brand as much as anything else, and yeah. that lifestyle. And you've taken really good care of that. Has it been difficult to, to kind of keep that focus? And do you, are you tempted at times to just say, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's do something quick and dirty? And <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, that uh, it's funny that you mentioned the quick and dirty because there's... there's uh, I'm kind of investigating right now why certain, you know, why does the, why does that one tweet from person X uh, end up getting uh, thousands and thousands of views and retweets and favorites versus, you know, one that, you know, is arguably a better piece of content. Uh, And there's, there's kind of like a, a mix in there that I think a lot of the social platforms are allowing you to do now is kind of protect your brand with imagery, but at the same time, put the quick and dirty out there that gets the point across, the starburst that there's a sale on, um, because there's really no right answer on uh, on when it comes to timing and the in the and the imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have the best, most emotional, connecting image of all time, but if you don't, you know, if you're not using it for uh, if you're using that for a quick and dirty sale, well, I mean, you the starburst has worked. It's gonna for, work way better. The starburst yeah. has worked. The flashing like <laughs> sale yeah, yeah, sign yeah. has worked forever. So I think it's just been a, um, you know, it's a discussion we have internally all the time. But you um, probably need both. I mean, yep. you can't really. The sale means nothing if you don't have that image or that brand that you want to. That's that right. people do have a, a passion for or desire for. That's right. Yeah, and that's the, you know, it's looking back at old marketing tools we've used and fonts we've used and images we've used it's kind of like looking back at like your grade eight picture where you're kind of <laughs> like oh my god just like just bury it doesn't it. hold up <laughs> yeah it's just like oh my god like just bury that right so yeah uh but it is i mean at the time it probably worked and i thought that it was pretty cool yeah uh and so did other people so i just try to move past that but <laughs> yeah i always try to look back on my favorite ads that i've done it's like uh no it doesn't doesn't yeah. hold up <laughs> yeah no we'll just not look at that again yeah. so what now uh because you cleverly did not uh, or did avoid that question how do, what is your favorite way you know who your audience is what's your best way what's your best way to reach mm-hmm. them right now the best way uh i'd say that our actual uh, to reach our our true following is just like no brainer with um, the big the big three like Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are uh, those are the, it's the fastest and most effective way to get what we want to say out in front of those people. Uh, when it comes to reaching our customers, uh, simple tools like just emailing our database of uh, what's going on, what new products there are. Um, but you know, the, the, the trick now is to, uh, we want to add to those, to that following. So, um, the way to, to the way to do that, I think is to create, you know, when we're pushing out this content, you know, really push stuff out that, that is 
you know, it sounds super cliche, but shareable and yeah. like um, provokes a, a feeling that people want to share it to others. Um, you know, I, I posted an image of uh, the, uh, an image from the Olympics where the Saskatchewan local Saskatchewan uh, was it heptathlete? Oh, uh, right, yeah, uh, decathlete, yeah. Thiessen? Yeah. Um, she was standing up and everyone was laying down. And, uh, you know, just, like, you know, like, as soon as I saw that, I, like, thought of my dad and, like, stuff he was, like, preaching to me before going to college about, like, work ethic and sports and community and all this stuff. And it's, like, that image, uh, I never took it. I, sh- I shared it. Yeah. But, you know, that, that image performed, like... 800% better than um, any other image we've, but we've it just posted. It connects and with, uh, you know the heart of where your yeah. where your audience is at. You also did some neat stuff with um, um, like home plate and the American flag and the Canadian flag and I, th- I thought that was, I don't know if that was actual uh, product you're selling or if that was just that patriotism but it... Yeah, yeah and the um, you know, like the, the, the collab, we're doing a lot more collaborations so Baseball Canada is one that is really close to my heart. My dad was on the national team for like 13 years. Um, Jim Baba, who is the man over at Baseball Canada, he coached and scouted me. So, you know, to have an opportunity to work with Baseball Canada was pretty surreal. And that's that's another way of really having us get out there. And, um, you know, to answer your question in terms of like a favorite piece of marketing, I think collaborations are mm-hmm. really hot right now. And you can... Uh, 10 years ago, you couldn't just reach out to your favorite brand and say, hey, do you guys want to do something together to, like, uh, better the both of us? Uh, now you can just, like, DM them. Yeah. Uh, well, and they probably just quickly look at how many followers you have and how long you've been in business. Too, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's do this. So I think that the mutually beneficial stuff is is huge for us. So are, are is someone or yourself doing this, uh, maintaining these channels uh, full time, or is it something that's on the side of their desk, or how is that how's that managed at your? Uh, right now, we have uh, we've got between the staff that actually work the floor and an actual photographer slash videographer slash content creator, um, it would be full time. Yeah, yeah. Like with with some like some goals in mind, and um, uh, we're putting a little more responsibility on on that those staff to say, hey, we need you to be you know in the trenches and and finding out what's 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 worth posting, what's not, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have an actual like we've got some some guidelines like some brand guidelines that that would be followed. So it's, yeah, it's, it's full time. And is it turning, is it, is it, um, maybe getting just too deep into the, into it here, but is it, um, like a, a, a calendar that you're looking at and saying, okay, we need to be out there every hour or every day with something on this channel and that channel. Uh, right now the, the calendar would be key events throughout the year when it comes to retail. Um, okay. We, we make sure that we know that, uh, Father's Day is coming up. We know when holiday is. We know when back to school is. We know what key events are going on in the year. So it's a mixture of kind of like reactive marketing and also uh, just planning pushing. for those big events. Yeah, and and also just uh, really staying true to what we have done the whole time, when which is just kind of if it feels right, um, you know, then then do it. And that's kind of 
what you know if our brand was a person it's the it's the person at the at the party that uh speaks up when they think they should says something funny when they think they should uh you know is is grieves with someone when they think they should so mm-hmm. it's we i mean we want to be a cool company and we want people to uh like us and i think that that's one thing that i preach to all new staff is that uh we need to be emotionally intelligent uh as a brand especially now more than ever where i have some friends in the industry with some pretty big name companies that have uh one one wrong uh oh, yeah. post and it's kind of sad. Like I, I know the people and they just probably got on some feeling that, Hey, this would be so funny. Didn't think about what the consequences could be. And then the, the bigger your brand is, the quicker it goes down. So it's just the emotional intelligence of our actual brand. Uh, and having that, um, you know, pour into our marketing strategy mm-hmm. is, is huge, especially from a business owner standpoint, when you have, when you're, you're, getting people to you're handing over the keys to yeah well it's something every business struggles with and wanders about because it seems like it is just um you know one careless thought or something yeah. that you did think would be funny and clever and in the moment turns out to be not uh, right. very smart yeah how do you protect against that or is it just that like you say the staff yeah. and and keeping that brand in front of them yeah i think that uh if any of us that have the keys to these platforms you know, hesitate for a second, uh, that, you know, if, if, if this is going to make or break the company, even if you think it's that good, maybe we should just step back for a second, uh, and really, you know, (laughs) go through the decision tree. Uh, but that's, it's, you know, it's just, uh, like I said before, it's just the training before to make sure that everyone that, that touches our marketing pieces has an understanding of, of that, you know that emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. would you say this in real life or is making that joke worth it who's it offending who's it offending in 2016 (laughs) probably everyone (laughs) yeah yeah. uh but you know there's uh it's just it's not worth it no it's not yeah so have you um if, if i look at uh uh, Grandpa Kip and uh, your uh, your uh, experience now. You've started the business and grown a business. If you were standing in front of a class and saying, "These are the lessons I've learned," would you have lessons that you'd say, "Well, oh this- my God, <laughs> no, absolutely." And uh, I I've been fortunate enough. My business partners are very uh, smart people that have been um, they've made poor decisions as well. Uh, and the, you know, I don't think they got to where they are by, uh, tiptoeing around things. They, uh, they go all in and, um, you know, you, I grew up playing sports, especially baseball. It's a failing sport. I mean, if you, uh, get a hit three out of 10 times, you make, you go to the hall of fame. So I think that, uh, you know, entrepreneurs now I'm, I'm actually working with my sister on, uh, a project now and she's starting her own company and uh it's just it's just an, it's just inevitable i mean for sure you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fall down and um you know are you gonna get back up i mean it's a it's it's super cliche but it's an absolute roller coaster um and it's not even one that i you know i didn't i didn't really grow up saying i'm gonna be an entrepreneur i'm gonna i'm gonna uh uh, it just it just kind of worked out that way, but it's not utopious uh, all the time at all. I would argue that it's probably 
uh, you're falling a lot. And especially now when you throw your out, yourself out there in the public, uh, you got to have thick skin. I'm working on it, but every, <laughs> anyone that's listening to this knows that, that, that I, I take things quite personal and it's, uh, it's just an emotional ride. For sure. And that, is that, um, is that a ratio you try to improve on or is that, ha- are you happy with when you're saying, okay, I'm, um, I'm going to try seven things and you know, yeah. I don't know, three or the four of them will work, but yeah, I think that, um, I'm a pleaser by nature and I think that our brand has, uh, you know, when you have a brand that wants to push, uh, what, you know, we're pushing what we, we want people to think is cool. Um, rather than reacting to what's cool and being late to the game. Yeah. So, you know, through many relationships I have with both my business partners, consultants, friends around the world, you know, I've, uh, I've personally really improved at, at just expecting, uh, some ba- expecting to strike out mm-hmm. uh, seven out of ten times uh, and still, you know, aim to, aim to have the highest batting average you can, but, you know... You, you ask you ask ten people what they think of our new shirt, and you're basically asking for uh, opinions from ten people that that you didn't necessarily want to hear. Or I guess what I'm asking, and and it sounds like you answered anyway, was if you're not expecting to now, as you get more experience, to say I want to hit ten out of ten. That's not really realistic, and you're right. okay with that. Yeah, yeah, no, our uh, it's. What we're putting out there, whether it, uh, in terms of marketing or product, it's not for everyone. Uh, and you know, the the, the 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 sooner we realize that as a team, the mm-hmm. the um, the more we'll sleep at night. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for uh, chatting with us or Thank with you, us. Dave. Thanks with for me. thanks for th- thanks for thinking of. Thanks oh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I uh, really enjoy your insights, yeah. and it's good. So, how can people hook up with you uh, or Twenty Two Fresh? Uh, well, 22fresh.com, the number 22fresh.com. Don't put fresh before 22. I've <laughs> made that joke a few times. It'll take you to a darker place on the internet. But 22fresh.com, uh, my email is just kip at 22fresh.com. And if anyone wants to chat, I'll make some time. You always do. Thank you again for your time today. Thanks, David. And that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you picked up some ideas. You can subscribe to Lessons Learned in Marketing on iTunes or through our blog. The theme music was written and composed by Six Degrees in Calgary. Talk to you next week.